1: I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a One Market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. And, of course, welcome to CNBC at One Market in San Francisco. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and to teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. It isn't easy playing offense and defense at the same time. Two-sided players are hard to come by. Yet whenever I speak to a truly competitive company, that's exactly what they're doing. Playing both offense and defense using the power of digital, using the power of technology. They have no choice. If you don't embrace technology, they'll be left behind. That's why so much of the action in this market, including today where the Dow dipped nine points, S&P backslid 0.0, well, zero and the asset declined 0.27%, comes down to the difference between tech-savvy companies that can connect directly to the consumer and clueless companies that are getting left in the dust because their consumers are going away. Every November, we come out here to Salesforce.com's Dreamforce conference in order to learn about this dynamic. We come out with open ears and eyes to see what companies are doing, ask questions to keep hold of their, find out who's keeping hold of their turf, who's invading the turf of their entrenched competitors from fossilized old world incumbents, the fresh-faced startups that are way ahead of the game. We got time to see them all, but we have to if we're going to figure out what's going on in this market. So I see plenty of entrepreneurs who want to take on the titans that have long dominated their own industries, and these smaller players are using technology, like Adobe's platform software as a service as a kind of a force equalizer. These days a the sole proprietor would say 50 bucks a month that's a, like a latte a day has the ability to make his or her company look every bit as big as a major department store chain. With all that baggage, no business online with no rent, no expensive employees very lean infrastructure. Take a look at those stocks today by the way who have the infrastructure holy cow. We see we saw technology companies today They can anticipate what people want. How do they do it? They use artificial intelligence. Then they can take a simple sketch, turn it into a product. That's how insanely empowering Adobe's platform can be. Where do you see it? I was dazzled. Hey, by the way, Adobe's partnering with Microsoft's Azure cloud business and the two work hand in glove. Speaking of hand-in-glove, yesterday Mark Banioff, CEO of Salesforce.com, told us about a partnership with Google to help clients have the same advantages that are often associated with the work Salesforce.com does with Amazon Web Services. Salesforce is helping customers interpret data gathered by Google this time to figure out what people might want, here we go again, before they even know they want it themselves. This partnership, which is infused with artificial intelligence, will be terrific for those companies who compete with Amazon on the retail side and thus would prefer not to give their cloud business to Amazon Web Services. Think about it. You don't pay your opponent when you're fighting them tooth and nail, not if you can avoid it. The problem has been that Amazon Web Services, with its amazing analytics that works seamlessly with Salesforce, really does give you an edge you couldn't find anywhere else at least not until this Salesforce-Google team-up that we managed to identify and bring to you yesterday. How relevant is all this? Okay, take today's action. Just yesterday, a trade publication reported that Amazon might be moving into the furniture industry. Now, we have no idea if Amazon truly intends to go into that business, let alone what their price point or style or strategy will be. By the way, it's not that great a business, but it doesn't matter. Whenever you hear that Amazon is entering a new space, all the stocks in that space get slammed. Sure enough, gigantic cohort got hit today from restoration hardware on the highest end to Williams Sonoma for the upper middle, particularly its West Elm stores and even Wayfair for online furniture. These guys have basically considered the Amazon of the furniture space. I don't know. Stock doesn't trade that way. Amazon trades like the Amazon, or the Amazon space. Let's say you're one of these companies and you love working with Amazon Web Services because it offers you fabulous analytics and the Salesforce marketing cloud giving you a major advantage over competitors who don't know how to tell their story or contact their current customers, or more important, anticipate who might become a new customer and how to reach them. Now you hear that Amazon's moving into your industry, they're going to start selling furniture. Do you think any of these guys wants to fund their powerful new competitor by continuing to give Amazon Web Services their business? Well, not a thing. You don't have to, given that Google started offering a seamless similarly seamless analytics and marketing ecosystem. It's defense and its offense. And judging by the declines of the stocks in the brick and mortar segment of this market, I'm talking about these retailers, it seems like not enough companies in that sector have a digital strategy that is strong on both sides of the field. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Still, the news that really rocked Dreamforce this year actually happened south and east of here. Yesterday, David Faber, he revealed that Disney's held talks with 21st Century Fox about a merger of their entertainment assets. Now, this is a huge potential deal. Again, we don't know if it's going to happen. It's all about another sworn digital opponent that can't really be considered an upstart anymore. It's about Netflix. At one point, it seemed that the whole entertainment complex was giving away, right? They were giving it away all their wares to Netflix, fueling the streaming video pioneers worldwide growth. Some feel the media company sowed the seeds of their own demise because Netflix has has such a good command of what everyone on Earth wants to watch. And that's on Earth because it's a lot of that's in subtitles. But we eat it up. Sometimes you don't even know it's in subtitles. I would never watch a subtitle show until Netflix. Netflix got to critical mass using other people's content, but now they rely heavily on their own proprietary content worldwide to bring in new subscribers at a blistering pace. Now the industry is trying to strike back. Yesterday, I witnessed a presentation by 21st Century Fox itself, about how it uses Salesforce.com to get in touch with its real customers, the consumers of their entertainment, without necessarily using conventional methods like broadcast or cable or movie theaters. It was a brilliant presentation, and it showed me that Fox truly knows what it needs to do in digital media, informed by Salesforce, to hold its own in the new world dominated by fickle millennials, to hold its own. Sad enough. Because then I hear that Disney's talking to Fox about buying these same entertainment assets that I just saw showed off a few minutes before that. Because both companies need more scale to attack their sworn enemy, Netflix, and also, of course, defend off FANG. I mean, defend off Amazon to Google. You know what I mean, Apple. All of which want to be much bigger in the entertainment business, considerable recurring revenue stream, and all of which have the artificial intelligence to know what you want to watch. We don't know whether it will be actually a deal or not. But we do know that Netflix is forcing Disney and Fox to do things that were unthinkable even a few years ago. Fox, a hundred year old, more than a hundred year old company. Its independence is threatened by this. At Dreamforce this year, there are as many people talking about stopping Netflix as there were last year talking about blunting Amazon. Sometimes the technology is so powerful that there are no winners whatsoever. That's what it seems like today in the online travel space. Oh, a vicious war where Priceline joined Expedia in saying that they have to spend more to keep up with each other. Well, with its competitors. Spending more, an investment year, kiss of death, which is why Priceline stock got hammered. It fell 257 points. Hey, don't fret too much. That's only 13%. I don't know who wins these wars. It's too early. I don't know if the fangs will remain on top of the world. Although for my many trips to the West Coast, I can tell you that they're certainly winning right now. Now, I have to tell you, though, in one note of concern, I am worried about this new ETF coming tomorrow morning. That led, well, It's not really an ETF. It's more of like a kind of a future where you own the Fangs and a couple of other high-growth stocks. And whether there's some irony ahead, namely that it could signify a top to the group. That said, not a lot of money has been made investing in irony. But let's watch that. I, it concerns me that Fang, which we created on this show, is now something so mainstream that we're supposed to throw money at. Well, shouldn't we have done that a couple years ago? Anyway, here's what I do know. The bottom line is, no no matter what the industry, if you own shares in a company that doesn't have not a digital strategy, but a winning digital strategy, your goose is cooked, as the other guys in the sector will set the oven at 500 degrees and burn your stock to a crisp. I say we take calls. I say we go to John in Florida.
2: John. Yeah, hi, Jim. It's John Kay in Dunedin, Florida. Oh, uh, man, John, how you been? Yeah, it's been a while. How you been, Jim? Been way too long. I'm glad
1: you're calling. I know there was like a little disruption there, but you're obviously back and I'm thrilled. How can I help?
2: Uh, Jim, uh, uh, this coming Friday, uh, Dynavax's hepatitis B vaccine is coming up for approval uh, with the FDA. And assuming it does get approved, what is your uh, outlook for Dynavax going forward?
1: I don't know if we approve. I know Dynabex has had just an incredible run here. I am concerned that a lot of times after you get good news, you get a sell off anyway. John, I would suggest taking a little bit off the table before we get that. You got a couple days and I'm so glad you're back in the fold. It bugged me that I wasn't hearing from you. Thank you so much for calling. Let's go to Braden in Louisiana. Braden. Hey, Jim, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you, Braden? Good, good, good. Look, I got a question about Whiting Petroleum. A few weeks ago, you had a caller ask, and your response was that you didn't like their cost differentials. Uh, yeah. Well, This was a time when you know oil was around $50 a barrel, and before their third quarter's earnings were released. Well, now that oil is significantly higher, and Whiting's third quarter earnings were out, and in my opinion, were very bullish. Has your thoughts changed on them, especially if uh, well. oil can stay around that $50 to $60 window? Look, everybody does better with oil going higher. I'm trying to identify the companies that I think are doing the best job. I got to tell you, but Chapel Trust owns Apache. There was some guy giving me a real hard time today saying, hey, listen, you burned me in Apache. Okay, not everything can be a gem, but Apache's got the lowest cost of any of the companies, according to Rusty Brazil, RBN Energy. That's who we rely on. That's what I want you to buy, APA. I know it's down on its luck, but maybe that's when you buy it. Why don't we go to Philip in New York? Philip? How are you doing? Booyah Jim. Thank you, and you're welcome. Booyah fill up. what's happening? Uh, on November second I came across Kemet, K E M that had earnings of four ninety-one per share, a PE of approximately three thirty seven, selling around twenty five dollars per share. Four analyst reviews stating a strong buy. And then the following day the stock tanked. It dropped thirty three percent. It is now trading at about sixteen dollars a share with a PE of two point seven eight. Can you tell us what's going on with this company? And is this? A you know what? I can't. Crap? That's crazy. I can't. Philip, I got to do more work on that. This thing either is the greatest buy in the world or something so desperately wrong that it uh, that people say it should never been up 150 percent to begin with. I got to do more work on Kemet. I'm notifying my staff right now. We're doing more work on Kemet. I don't know the answer. And I got one more call. I want to go to Glenn in Florida. Glenn.
2: Hello, Jim. How are you tonight?
1: I am really fired up, Glenn. How about you?
0: I'm excellent. Jim, first of all, I wanted to thank you for your profession and the service that you provide. And second of all, before we get started, I just wanted to ask you, is the air conditioning system that you hear in the background disturbing the phone call in any way?
1: No, actually, I no. I mean, actually, I kind of like it. It's soothing.
0: (laughs) I appreciate it. And Jim, I appreciate your sense of humor.
1: Excellent. Oh, okay. I mean, like, we could crank it up, but it's pretty good in here. What's what's the question, maybe?
0: So, Jim, we really like what Mark Benioff had to say yesterday during CNBC's Mad Money segment. You were interviewing the Salesforce CEO, Mark Benioff, who said, first of all, with everything, all of our veterans deserve first-class service. We believe in our veterans, their families, and all companies that support them. Jim, the stock question of interest is for light. L-I-T-E, Lamentum Holdings Inc.,
1: the optical components company. Listed right. Right. Well, I'm, I'm not quite sure, you know, the tie-up to veterans, but what I do know, that is a highly volatile speculative stock and it's not been my cup of tea. I'm putting it right out there. All right, let's talk about tech, baby. There are wars happening. And if you want to be on the winning side, you gotta have a winning digital strategy. That's what we learned out here at One Market. Oh man, money tonight, speaking of winning digital strategy, maybe you need new relic. They help companies like MLB and REI, hey, and Carnival run better in the cloud than and they just reported earnings tonight. I like the way they look. We'll continue to drive the stock higher, which is up 80% for the year. Hey, plus it's time to hop aboard Royal Caribbean. I'm talking with the CEO to see if it's smooth sailing ahead, even though Caribbean's its middle name. But first, Adobe does a lot more than just open your PDF, which is like $200 billion a year. Tonight, I'll fill you in on how it's designed to 75% move higher, even though it's a gigantic company. My suggestion, stick with one market, stick with Kramer. The stock of a fantastic company sells off hard after a seemingly good quarter. Maybe you got to use that as a buying opportunity. Just consider the case of the stock of Adobe Systems, ADBE, the world's leading maker of digital media and marketing software that's been taking the cloud by storm for years now. If you want your business to put its best foot forward on the web, I don't know, you got to go to Adobe. Their design platform is indeed second to none. That's why uh, the stock has been so red hot. But when Adobe reported mid September, the share got slammed. I'm not kidding. It went from 155 down to 145, even though it was a classic beat and raise quarter. That was your moment to pounce, because the weakness barely lasted a month. Mid-October, Adobe issued some very strong guidance for 2018. Stock took off. It is now up 75% for you. This is why I'm often talking about buying the stocks of great American companies, when nothing's gone wrong except the sellers taking profits or mistakenly panicking out. That's your chance. Adobe stock is living proof. Earlier today, I got a chance to sit down with Shantanu Narayan. He is the bankable chairman and CEO of Adobe, an incredibly exciting company that's doing so much to democratize business around the world. Take a look. Shantanu, we're here at this unbelievable Adobe facility in San Francisco. I just saw a product that will revolutionize the way people think of things, a drawing that turns into 3D. $50 a month is what it costs for me to get that?
3: Well, the Creative Cloud, uh, as you know, Jim, is all about revolutionizing creativity for all of us. And the more power we can put in the hands of everybody who has a story to tell, uh you know the better off I think the world is in terms of design and aesthetics. And it's great to welcome you here at Adobe. Thank you. I think you are into it. I'm dazzled. And I keep thinking if I were a small business person,
1: I can compete against a big business person, which by the way is about democracy. I mean
3: there is a level of economic democracy here that is far more than any government can give you. Digital is the key touch point in terms of building a new business and disrupting existing businesses. And the more Adobe can do to enable digital to be an enabler for everybody's business, uh, that's when we're putting the power of uh, digital experiences in everybody. And to your point, whether it's travel and hospitality, whether it's airlines, whether it's retail, whether it's education, digital is going to transform the business. Well,
1: this is no longer the, the, the chief marketing officer. I mean, digital com- di- companies must be digitized to compete with others. And I-, I don't know another way to be able to do it better than Adobe. Uh, I also know, can people figure it out? I mean because it's so explosive that sometimes our own minds are the gating factor.
3: The trick is really going to be when somebody has this incredible creative idea, how artificial intelligence and what we are doing with Adobe Sensei uh, can really transform it. We had our Max conference and we introduced five new products, but one of the things we actually showed, Jim, was that people could talk and say, find me an image that has a mountain in it, change the orientation, add color to it. And so I, I think everybody can speak to computers, and if we can harness that idea, then I think you know, we will put it in the hands of every single creator.
1: I'm not hearing the need to learn how to be a coder from Stanford uh, with a degree for
3: computer science. We've always changed uh, STEM to be STEAM, because the world without arts would be a very boring right. place. But clearly, the magic that's happening is from our product people who are the computer science geniuses right. who are making this available. Well, what's interesting to me is, is that you raised, at the most recent conference, you raised the total addressable
1: market for all of the clouds. One of them is eight, went up to $83 billion, and people reacted it, 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 with, uh, w- w- with applause. But, I mean, could it be a trillion
3: dollars one day? We're in rarefied atmosphere as it relates to a company that's growing our top line, right. uh, growing the bottom line 30% in terms of our targets for next year and with the operating margin that we have you're not a small company you're one of the largest companies on earth and you're growing at that level the two strategic imperatives that we have Jim empowering people to create and helping businesses transform has never been more relevant and the fact that we've combined those two opportunities uh, where digital is front and center, we're absolutely in a unique uh, place, and we continue to innovate at a pace that I think is unparalleled. I've noticed uh, throughout a, a, a theme, Microsoft Azure, combination with you,
1: makes it so that very quickly people are on the cloud. Uh, again, that tells me that the
3: democracies were what? We really were early with Microsoft in saying we have a shared vision associated with as people are moving to the cloud, how can you do everything from the infrastructure that they provide to the marketing services and creative services. We signed a partnership with them on signatures. So now our signatures are going to be embedded in Office as well as in SharePoint. And I think when two companies have a shared vision of how to put customers front and center and are executing against it, magic can happen. Well, okay, so we've got the big holiday season. I'm a retailer. I've got to be able to convey
1: what, it, what my goods are and I recognize that these millennials don't want to go to the store. Can I compete with bricks and mortar just with this?
3: Well, uh, we have, as you know, the Adobe Digital Index Report. We just announced some really interesting statistics uh, yesterday. We think it will be the first $100 billion online digital season ever. Uh, we announced that mobile will actually cross the PC in terms of where all of these transactions are happening. And we actually gave a glimpse of some of the key things that are top of mind for all consumers. So if we can democratize that information, then somebody who's producing great goods uh, always has an opportunity. Well, a
1: a person who's in the home with with ideas for uh, a pillow, with ideas for a blanket, with ideas for a, a, a convenience, they can create it by just doing a sketch put it online and they may look like they're the largest department store in the world. We're bringing
3: the whole world together right? in terms of if somebody has a creative idea and they want to correspond or collaborate with somebody halfway around the world who can actually do the manufacturing instead of that process going from electronic to paper to digital to paper it can just be completely transformed and as you know velocity in business is perhaps the thing that everybody is aspiring towards. Well I saw, I know retailers and you'll get on their conference call and they'll say we have to cut the
1: time from nine months from the designer to when it's in the store because it's already out of date. I mean, is this nine hours?
3: It could potentially be nine hours, it could be potentially be nine minutes if you're ordering it and you know I think uh, Again, as we spoke to, democratizing the whole aspect of what is creativity for me and putting that in the hands of people and then helping those businesses transform. What is happening on the business side is when you're McDonald's, you're moving all of the screens to now right. be digital so you right. can order online and with a mobile device. If you're MasterCard, you're completely transforming how you look at all the information that you've got and making that power and harnessing that power uh, with Adobe Sensei and the data that we possess. I think it's going to be a unique advantage for us. How do, uh, does Adobe help uh, underprivileged, say, in, in tough school districts where they otherwise would be left behind? Well, uh, John and Chuck, who co-founded the company, John Warnock and Chuck Gieschke, uh, they decided to give back, Jim, well before it became, uh, you know, sort of popular. Right. And we have been giving away 1% of net profits to underprivileged kids. You know, our belief is that today if you grow up, and you don't have access to digital literacy. It used to be reading, writing, and arithmetic when I grew up, and now it's digital. And so through Adobe Youth Voices and a project called Project 1324, we're like, how do we enable everybody in high school or in K through 12 who has a story to tell, to have access to digital literacy and to be able to further their cause. It's a very meaningful story for every Adobe employee and we're proud to be part of that.
1: Uh, One last thing, a lot of people think of Adobe as as PDF. Remarkably, 200 billion PDFs and they are being used in
3: digital now. PDF has become the lingua franca for all documentation in the world. And you know, the old Tower of Babel that existed, PDF has solved that problem. We have Great technology with PDF, Uh, electronic signatures allows you to automate business processes. And when you have a technology that that's deep, uh, you know, it for decades, it continues to make great progress.
1: Well, I got to tell you, Sean, you've revolutionized the world. okay, and you've also made it so poor can be equal to rich, which is an amazing thing that governments have tried for years and failed. But Adobe succeeds. That's Shantanu Narayan. He's the president and CEO of Adobe, ADBE, a stock that is absolutely one of my favorites. Stay with Cramer. Look at Royal Caribbean run. The big international cruise company just reported an astonishingly strong quarter this morning. Royal Caribbean delivered an 8-cent earnings beat off of a $3.41 basis. A very bullish outlook for 2018, based on some terrific early booking numbers. So this isn't just like, hey, I think it's going well. In short, you might think cruises are for old people. Uh-uh. The truth is, we're cruising more than ever before, and millennials love it because a cruise is the ultimate Instagram experience. Don't believe it? Go ask my daughter. No wonder the stock vaulted $3.89 or 3.1% today. It's now up more than 57% year to date. Can it keep climbing? Let's check in with Richard Fain, the chairman and CEO of Royal Caribbean Cruises, to hear more about the quarter and where his company's headed. Mr. Fain, welcome back to Mad Money.
0: Hi, Jim. Thank you for having me.
1: I got to tell you, Richard. This was the quarter where everybody said, well, wait a second. The middle name is Caribbean. The Caribbean had the hurricanes. Don't expect a good quarter. Not only did we get a good quarter, but we got unbelievable bookings. What did you do to make it so that you triumphed over natural
0: causes? Well, uh, I won't say we triumphed over national causes, but I think it really just shows how strong the fundamental market was. To overcome all those problems was amazing. and. By the way, thank you for your daughter's help. Um, The Instagram comment is absolutely on. People want those experiences. She's absolutely right. Well, I've, I've been reading about your new ships,
1: and the new ships are not just looking out at the water. They've got tremendous backdrops. So as my daughter would say, I'm rebranding on this cruise. This is how people speak. It, it's The 20s and 30-year-olds love what you offer and they love the bargain
0: proposition. And And the Millennials and the Gen Xers, they bring their parents and once they try us, we own them and we own their parents. So that is the whole thing. The new ships, the new experiences, the new technology, all of those things Keep people in touch, allow people to uh, FaceTime, allow people to Instagram from the ship. All of those things is what is driving this, frankly, incredible strength. We're really quite excited to see it, and it's, I must say it's very fulfilling. Now, Richard, I know you've done a
1: lot personally and your company's done a lot to try to help the situation in the Caribbean. But you also talked upbeat about how it's coming back online and that people are already going to some destinations that we had thought three months ago you couldn't return to for a year.
0: Um, You know, and I I think one of the things we're very proud of in the cruise industry is the economic benefit that we bring to these places. And they see that, too. So they're seeing the value of cruise tourism as bringing in the economic benefit that will help them recover quickly. So they've also put the effort into bringing themselves back. And if you go to most of these places today, as a tourist, you don't even see much evidence. They've worked to bring their islands up to snuff, And I'm really convinced that um, in the future, they will actually look back and say we're better than ever. I think this, uh, looking for a silver liner, I think you'll be surprised at how quickly they'll recover and how much it'll be even better than it was before.
1: Well, I don't want to dwell on the Caribbean because the Chinese numbers show me that the party, the ruling people in that country clearly are encouraging cruises over a lot of other forms of vacation. These numbers demonstrate that, and you're putting more ships over there.
0: Well, and for, for cruising to be mentioned as a significant driver of their five-year plan, that was a big boon to our industry. And yes, this year we've had some bumps in the road over there, political issues, but we're convinced China is a big part of our future. We're investing heavily in it. We think that investment is worthwhile. We think we are the cat's meow in China. And uh, as you say, the government is supporting it. So we're there for the long term. We're, we're very bullish on China. Now, we're out here. At, uh, at, we're
1: at uh, visiting San Francisco. I know I'm not sure you can see them, but we're Dreamforce. It's clear the companies that are in every single industry are relying more and more technology. How much more technology is there on a ship and at your company than there was five years ago?
0: Oh, um, there's no comparison. And technology, you know, probably if you and I had talked a year ago, we did talk a year ago, but if we talked about this subject, I would have said people are wanting it. They really want to see the technology, and that will be a differentiator. I think we're beyond that. People simply expect it. It's a price of entry, and you have to have the technology, and we're investing huge sums in it. And I'm here in New York because we're having a big uh, reveal of some of the new technology, both on the digital side, on everything else. And it's everything that we do. It's the passengers, it's the crew, it's the travel agents, um, it's, it's everything, it's safety and environment. All of those things are now so driven by technology that we just have had to invest heavily in it. We've been doing it for a few years, which gives us a little bit of a leg up. And we're going to continue to do it because it's now an existential requirement of our business, as, as frankly, any business. Yeah, we're
1: finding in one market that what, if you're not digitized, the other guy is, you'll lose the customers. How about
0: onboard spending?
1: How is that holding up?
0: So, onboard spending is holding up, um, and, and somewhat ironic because people really want the overall experience, but retail is still a factor. But so are all the other things, the dining, the internet, and all those kinds of things. So onboard spending is, continues to boom for us. Part of it is because we make it more accessible. Coming back to your point, Jim, the technology makes it easier for people to do these things. And people expect it to be easy, and they go where it is easy. So we are continuing to push on that. And for us, it's been very successful. I'm very proud of the team that's been working on that and putting it together. Now, uh, one last question, when you look at the
1: bookings, I'm trying to explain to people, you actually uh, have a real good forecast. It's not like a company that just says, you know what, I'm feeling good about it. I'm talking about another company just said, well, you know what, next quarter is going to be great and they turn out to be wrong. You have hard dollars that indicate how you're doing right now, right?
0: So uh, one of the things that we've been very proud of is our revenue management system. And we book forward at any point in time, we're pretty much booked out for half of the following 12 months. So we get a very good indicator of what people are doing. Not we think they're going to do this. People are buying today. And if there's a small glitch now, we know how that will impact us three, six, nine months into the future. So our forecasts have been remarkably accurate. And in looking at 2018, we're ahead of this year, which was frankly an amazing year, both in terms of the volume of bookings and, and the price that we're getting on those bookings. So yeah, we're um, I, I'm feeling pretty good right now.
1: And just to be sure, I know that uh, Expedia stock has been down, Priceline stock's been down. That does not that in any way correlate with world Caribbean Other than maybe it even says that there's they have to invest more because there's so much demand.
0: Um, no, I think those are just two independent phenomena. I um, we look at our bookings and we get every single day we get so many new bookings and people calling and we can look and we can say, wait a minute. How many of those calls actually converted? And and so we can get a very amazingly strong sense of the market. And travel agents give us a very good pulse on the market. So we get all of that information, and all of that gives us pretty good indicators of the future.
1: Well, Rich, I want to congratulate you. I know a lot of people were trying to bet against the cruise industry. Again, just a terrible mistake. They don't understand the secular growth. They don't understand the customers. Maybe they need kids like I've got to be able to do it. Richard Fain, Chairman and CEO of Royal Caribbean. What a quarter. Great work, sir.
0: Thanks, Jim. Good to be back. Tomorrow, kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. Live from Post 9 at the NYSE.
1: You know it has. It has. This has been the... I, I, we talk, sat here and talked about it. The cord cutting, what's going already, on every month. Surprise. The number of people it's who are disconnecting. It's Surprise.
0: It all starts at 9 a.m. Eastern.
1: While we're out here in San Francisco, obviously I like to check in with companies that are using the cloud to transform the way we do business. Take New Relic, and that symbol is N-E-W-R, the cloud-based application monitoring play. These guys help other companies keep track of what their software is doing. More important, how their users are interacting with that software in real time. I keep talking about how technology gives companies an edge by giving them insight into what their customers are thinking. New Relic is exactly part of that. It's the way to be sure that your systems are up and running. Hence why the company's able to report another strong quarter after the close today, with a smaller than expected earnings loss, higher than expected revenue, up 33% year-over-year, year, and more than half the revenue is now of that super lucrative, recurring variety. This stock's already up more than 80% for the year. You know we like it a lot, but it wouldn't surprise me if you has got a lot more room to run. So let's check in with Lou Cerny. He's the founder and CEO of New Relic. Hear more about the quarter and where his company is headed. Lou, welcome back to Mad Money.
2: It's great to be back, Jim. Thanks Lou, for having
1: me. Well, you know what? look at I look at these new clients and I see names like 21st Century Fox very much in the news and I think that they must be using you to figure out who the customer really is and what they really like and
2: being up all the time absolutely well if you look at and we're thrilled to have uh, 21st Century Fox uh, do such a strategic deal with us this quarter because they operate in 170 countries and they're becoming a digital company nearly two billion people consume their content most of it going online how do they make sure they're delivering a flawless customer experience across all of those properties all around the world they turned to New Relic to instrument everything in the digital experience to make sure they can move fast with confidence.
1: Now, I know because there have been people have been talking about Disney and Fox tying up sure. you have this fabulous relationship with, with MLB. And MLB, if it's ever down, people
2: call and they cancel. Right, and fortunately, they had a fantastic World Series, flawless digital experience. They've been a long-time customer. We've partnered with them for a long time um, because they, too, understand that in order to deliver a flawless customer experience, nothing can go unwatched. So New Relic instruments everything in that digital customer experience for MLB, and, and, and we do that for everything that they publish beyond the World Series so that they can move fast with confidence. Well, that too. would mean
1: they're trying to run thousands of programs that you're capable of handling that load.
2: Absolutely. You know what? We collect... 1.5 1.5 billion data points every minute. To put that in context, that's over 400 times as many Google searches happen globally every minute. That's all coming into the New Relic cloud, right. and then we put intelligence on it to make sense of all that data so that we can surface up and tell our customers exactly what's wrong, maybe even predict a problem before it becomes customer visible. Okay, so we
1: spent some time at Adobe, and they also great have... Customers. Great customers. They're a great customer. So
2: why is that seamless? I mean, there's Adobe sits here, New Relic sits here. Why, how does it work? Well, you think about what's amazing about the Adobe story to me is they successfully transitioned to become a cloud company. And so Adobe started with a creative cloud transition where all of those uh, previously on-premise products went to cloud delivered, and they selected New Relic to make that transition seamless so that when the customers use the product, everything works flawlessly. Then they decided to standardize uh, on New Relic across the entire business because they've moved the entire business to the cloud. So we make sure their cloud software is working 24 by 7 because their software is their business.
1: Now, uh, this has produced uh, what seems to be almost uh, a traditional plus 30% growth. A lot of that has to be because you have enterprise that is recurring it yes. doesn't, it's very sticky, right? It doesn't go to somebody else.
2: We're very thrilled about our enterprise business. Just this quarter, we eclipsed the, uh, more than 50% of our business now coming from enterprise customers. So our enterprise business is even growing faster than um, our historical uh, SMB business. So, so now we've got these enterprises not only renewing with New Relic, but growing with New Relic. And that's actually where most of our growth is coming from, is happy enterprise customers growing and ultimately standardizing on our products across the entire state. Now,
1: are you still doing a lot of stuff with Jet.com?
2: Oh, we are, yes.
1: Because the numbers that we're getting from Jet.com are extraordinary. People aren't talking about it enough because Walmart is, quite frankly, looking at it as a holistic system, as I would, too, if I were Doug sure. McMillan. But, I mean, can you handle that load? I mean, that load is second, second, trill- you know, nanosecond, nanosecond, nanosecond order because the
2: number of people signing up for it is really extraordinary. It is. And just imagine if anyone – these are very complex environments. Like, you know, when you do something that looks simple like, say, buy that item on Jet.com, oh. you wouldn't believe how much software has to work perfectly for all that to happen. And we monitor everything, and so if anything is imperfect, we tell them in real time what's wrong so that they can fix it and deliver that great customer experience. Okay, so
1: they don't hire you. Uh, It goes down. Uh, They have to issue something which says that they're
2: going down. Isn't that your greatest calling card? Um, Well, you know what? The the most visible example of that was when healthcare.gov went down four years ago. They were flying blind. And they brought in New Relic to light up the entire environment, and then they immediately could see what was wrong and start fixing a critical system. So now companies realize nothing should go into production without instrumentation, and New Relic is the best company to deliver that instrumentation. Well, you know, we spent a lot of time with Carnival,
1: and they are the most digitized. Now, we're also Royal Caribbean. This is a good industry. Great. But they are uh, attempting to make it so everybody is uh, hospitality-coordinated through digital. And if that goes down, then they only have a small window to prove that they're, I mean, these are short shelf life situations that you have to intervene.
2: Your digital experience is your brand, Right. right? You don't walk into a bank nearly as often as you fire up its app. So right. think That's about really that. Think about how the app is now becoming more important than the actual bank experience to, to so many customers. And so just like it is um, for our crew, and we have multiple cruise companies as customers, their digital experience is their brand experience, and they trust it with New Relic. And, and perhaps the most
1: intense, I would say, is a new customer, Expedia. Now, the Expedia on the console said, listen, we have to spend. We have to be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I presume that one of the things they have to spend on be better is downtime. Because it's just critical that we can go to another company that does what Expedia does and you pick them up this quarter.
2: Oh, if the site is down, it's not only that you might lose for that one transaction, the customer may never go back, right? right? So that's why you need to earn and maintain that customer's trust Every day, every transaction. The only way you can do that is measuring everything. That's not easy to do. We do that better than anybody else, and that's why our customers select our platform and go all in.
1: Well, that's why your stock's up 80%, and I suspect it's going to be up much more. The strongest percent game of any of the companies we came out here to look at. Congratulations. Congratulations to Lou Cerny. Lou, I gotta tell you, this may be the best of the ones we've been talking well, to each You other.
2: know, we're just excited about the journey. We got a lot of work in front of us. Excellent.
1: That's Lou Cerny, founder and CEO of New Relic. With another blowout quarter, deserving to be up 80%. It is time. It's over the lightning round. Of course, very much. We're taking the course off for you. Sitting there, sitting there, by myself, just another my step we're going to play the sound. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski? That is over the lightning round. Of course, we're Jack. In North Dakota, Jack.
0: Booyah, Mr. Kramer. APA,
3: Apache, what's
1: up? I'm not giving up on Apache. I still believe in Alpine High, but it's been... I've been a suffering catfish on this one. Let's go to Kane in Texas. Kane.
3: Booyah, Professor Kramer. Firstly, you're awesome. Thank you for all your thoughtful analysis. Uh, My stock was at 140 in August. It pulled back to about 120. I bought it at that level. Um, and now it's pulled down into the 105 to 109 range, which is okay. the same level it was in November and December. Should I sell, right. hold, or buy some more of INCY?
1: No, let Insight run. I mean, it, you know, look, it's been a discouraging one. But look, a lot of these have. Celgene's been discouraging. Don't give up the ship. How about Bob in Arizona? Bob!
0: Hey, how you doing, Mr. Kramer? I own Prudential Financial. Bob, I'm having
1: financial. the time of life out here. What's up? I got Prudential. Prudential is fantastic. They- Prudential is fantastic. It's always been incredibly well run. I just wish they'd come on my show. Oh, 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 oh. we're in one market. That doesn't work. Let's go to Virgil in Georgia. Virgil.
0: Hey, how you doing, Jim?
1: I know we got Virgil and Kane tonight. Man, I'm feeling like it's the band. How can I help?
0: I was wondering to see what you thought about on own semiconductors.
1: I like on semi. It's part of the Internet of Things group that I like so much. Nothing there other than net. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round.
0: The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade.
1: Every now and then, it feels like this market is no country for honest men. A restaurant chain finally spoke up said that it's industry struggling from bad economics, that it's time to change. So what happens? A total pollaxing. Last night, one of the great restaurant growth stories, Red Robin Gourmet, admitted what we all suspected. You can't just keep putting up terrific burger joints or any other restaurant anymore and expect that the customers will keep coming. It's no longer a surefire recipe for growth. So they intend to stop the expansion until they figure out what to do, specifically how to keep costs down, get more traffic. So an operator comes out and says, <laughs> What we all think that there are too many restaurants out there. And the result, the company loses almost 29 percent of its value for speaking the truth. And we wonder where there's so much cannibalization. You can only please Wall Street if you keep growing your store base, even though that strategy isn't working anymore. Yep. A statement about not putting up more stores. This decision will give us needed time to test new approaches to inform future growth is booed by analysts and professional money managers alike. Wall Street's unwilling to back any company that seems to be having an existential crisis, despite the fact, in reality, the whole industry's having an existential crisis, with the possible exception of McDonald's and restaurant brands. The owner of Burger King. Red Robin taught everyone a lesson. Keep putting up the stores or else. Unfortunately, that's the wrong lesson. Now, Red Robin did throw the kitchen sink at you. It told you that rising food costs are an issue, but not as much as the unprecedented rate of minimum wage growth. Most important, management question and overall trend that I think is unstoppable. The desire to get takeout or delivery rather than sticking around at the restaurant for a drink, which is where a lot of the money is actually made. It's always bugged me that no restaurant chain ever seems willing to recognize what I see at my own Mexican tavern, Bar San Miguel, every night. Takeout really does crimp your profitability. Consider these numbers. Red Robin says that it saw a 2.5 percent decline in dying in but a 40 percent increase in off-premise. Sure, it's easy to spin the 40% number in a positive direction, but these figures can end up being truly dreadful if the takeout trend continues. That's because you have a terrible combination of rising rents, rising labor costs, rising food costs, and too much competition. In this environment, you need the magic elixir of alcohol sales to beat the numbers. But that part of the business is getting killed by takeout, and no restaurant is ever willing to come out and say, look, we make a fortune on mixed drinks and beer, but we don't make much money from food. So we're in big trouble if this trend doesn't stop soon. Instead, they use terms like category volatility, which is how Red Robin chooses to frame the issue. And of course, here's what it all comes down to. Millennials haven't figured out. They know restaurant drinks are overpriced. As my father always used to say, that's how they get you. Millennials love the burgers, but the burgers can travel. So they can buy a six at the grocery store, grab a Red Robin on the way home or have it delivered, and sit there watching Netflix or playing Grand Theft Auto, generally having a grand old inexpensive time i got to tell you, this is a nightmare for any restaurateur, and I think it's only the first quarter of this dreaded transformation. Stick with Kramer. You know, I always say, do you own Apple, don't trade it. Well, I've got a new one. Use Snap. Don't own it. Holy cow, Was that quarter bad. It could be the new benchmark of bad. Move over, Blue Apron. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise you i find it just for you. Radio right Melody, I'm Jim Clamer, and I'll see you tomorrow.
2: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business.